It's the Garage Guys NASCAR podcast. It is the NASCAR off season. We just got off of an off week. I'm Chase Holden. I'm joined, as always, with Dale Tanhart, uh, new iRacing goat, as I've been hearing uh, from from everybody and their mama that have been watching his streams on Kick. Uh, my good pal Dale, how how is the the world of iRacing being a champion? Winning races. How was your off week? Well, of course, as I would say, it's the easiest thing I've ever done. Um, a lot of fun, a lot of holes being punched in walls over slapdick race car drivers. Not me, of course, just everybody else. It's been fun. It's been a lot of fun. If you if you like the iRacing world, iRacing stuff, just check that out. Kick.com slash Dill Tanhart. But no, the off weeks. I guess it's been two weeks now. It's it's been nice. It's been okay. Um, got to watch F one Netflix in Vegas. Thought that was actually pretty good, pretty fun. So here we are, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's just kind of it's always just that limbo feeling. The first few weeks after the season ends, and then once you get into January, it starts feeling you. You finally get to a countdown rate of. All right, here we go again. New seasons on the horizon. So not there yet, but the holiday season kind of gets you through that limbo stage. So, yeah, that's about it. Yeah, absolutely. F1 was great. We did um, we did playback. We did playback F1 late night. Um, you know, we found some cool – we found a cool way to watch the F1 race uh, on playback.tv slash garage guys. Had, uh, had our guy Grid Idiot, which is this uh, – he he did a little segment on the Garage Guys report uh, about a week ago, and he seemed to know his shit. You know, he came he came wearing a suit. Um, you know he he had uh, he had he had a certain swagger about him, and he hopped on. You know, it was like one a.m. Uh, watching the Vegas race. They had their own thing going on. I, I didn't really want to give it a chance. I wasn't going to give it a chance in hell, but the racing was actually decent. I have to say. We saw some passing for the lead, and if there's a little bit more passing like that for the lead, a little bit more challenging, uh, challenging efforts from these drivers, not just letting Max Verstappen run all over them and win, I think that I could find myself maybe watching some Formula One. Definitely going to have to in 2024 uh, with the report getting ready to roll out. But it uh, it was a decent race. I will say that much about it, and. Aside from that, I've uh, been kind of just trying to catch around a little bit of these uh, short track races that are going on. Flow Racing's got some stuff. Uh, they just had, I think it was the South Carolina 400 that Dale Jr. ran in. So there's all kinds of motorsports that that are happening and going on right now. I'm getting ready to watch uh, Formula Drift, the uh, RSR Drift Fest in Japan is going to be on tonight at like 9 on Formula Drift's uh, YouTube channel. So if anybody is into drift racing like I am, definitely check that out. It's going to be a really cool event. Um, but, yeah, just doing whatever we can to get through the off season with NASCAR. And that's why on this episode, we wanted to make it about the fans. We wanted to turn it over to the NASCAR fans, the great NASCAR fans in America, in the world, that listen to the Garage Guys NASCAR podcast. So we went out. And uh, we took the Garage Guys Report hotline. We converted it this week, the 919-769-4477. 
is now the voicemail hotline for this week so that we could get a few calls in, answer some questions, also ask some on Instagram. And uh, we have a good bit of Instagram reads to do. We have a few voicemails that we're going to go through on this episode. But it's all about you, okay? It's all about the fans. Also, before we get into that, I did want to uh, give a big thank you to to Sugarlands uh, Shine Distilling Company. Uh, they they took the time this season to send me a gift, and uh, just want to say it's a uh, it's a bottle of of moonshine, uh, Sugarland Shine NASCAR 75th anniversary Pina Colada moonshine. Uh, as a sober man, I won't get to drink it at all. Uh, but they sent it to me. I might I might have to give it to you, Dale. I might have to give this to you to drink, and then I'll keep I'll keep the bottle because the, the 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 mason jar looks really good. Yeah, I'll take another one. They sent me one too. It looks okay. really nice. All right, well, beautiful. Looks really nice. Well, yeah, pina colada. So you'll have you'll have two jars of moonshine to drink. Maybe your eyes, uh, you know, will still be functional after that. But yeah, just wanted to give them a, a quick thank you. Um, you know, for doing that. Nice box too. Very pretty. But yeah, shout out to them. Um, let's get into this. Uh, I, I think it would be best for us to start off with the responses uh, from Instagram. So I'm going to start off by reading those. And I uh, also wanted to say big thanks to everybody on X for sending in their favorite moment of the 2023 NASCAR season. Maybe before we wrap up, I'll get into one or two of those. Uh, that really stood out to me. But starting off, uh, had a couple of people ask questions, some people just making statements. I'm going to run through the statements real quick. Just people, you know, they wanted to stand on business. They wanted to say how they felt. Uh, Dylan, the racer, 53, says Ryan Blaney will be a two-time champion. Opinion. Okay. Uh, we also have race Racer Vans 22 says Ford has a breakout year and beat Chevy in the Cup Constructors title. Uh, I feel like you and I can discuss this one. I know that Ford is coming out. They have the new Dark Horse Mustang that looks just absolutely badass. Uh, probably one of the most badass cars. Don't think Chevy or Toyota are going to be releasing a new body style. Uh, I, I would say that uh, it, it might could happen. New aerodynamics, maybe, maybe uh, you know, just the badassery. People get out of the way. I I don't know. What what do you, how do you feel about that? I don't know. I think um, I agree with you. I think the new model that's coming out for Ford looks awesome. Now, I also think saying that Ford winning as a constructors title is still a reach, just considering like. Uh, they just they're not it's so crazy that they've won both championships in the gen 7 era it's so crazy when you consider how bad they've struggled collectively now they got better in 2023 but it's hard to beat and, and what i think chevy still won it chevy still won it in a down year i mean i mean you got to think about that chevy still won the the constructor's title 
And when two of their guys that have been staples of winning races the past three years, Chase Elliott and uh, Alex Bowman, did not win. Uh, neither won a single race. So I, I just, that's tough. Chevy's just gotten better race cars at this point. And even though Ford has come through in the driver's championship, I just, it, that's going to be a tough task. That's going to be a tough task. I'm not buying it yet, but I am excited to see that new Mustang. I do think it looks awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And I agree with you too. It's crazy to really think Chase Elliott or Alex Bowman did not have a win all 2023. If you would have told me Chase Elliott wouldn't have won a race in 2023, I would have told you that you were on crack. Uh, but Hey, you know, be like that sometimes. Uh, next question, our next statement that I have here, not the fake Matt Zini says, if Suarez misses the playoffs, he's out at track house. Speculative, uh, unless you know that for a fact, unless you've talked to Justin. Um, if Justin's told you that, you know, breaking news right here. Uh, I don't I don't really know if if that is going to be the end all be all for Daniel Suarez. In my personal opinion, I do feel like track house is going to be able to bounce back going into 2024. We have seen Daniel Suarez win a road course race. Um, I, I don't know if we will maybe see another road course win out of Daniel Suarez, but I do feel that as this program continues, it's kind of getting around that time for, for him to, to maybe come through at an intermediate track, a short track. I think if Daniel Suarez does win a race in 2024, it would probably be on an oval. How are you feeling about track house Daniel Suarez uh, in 2024, Dale? I still think his best chance to win is on a road course based upon the, his results this year. Um, and I don't think he – I think – I agree with this kind of because I think if he has one more bad year – He's on the hot seat. I think one more bad year for sure puts him on the hot seat. But I think in the graces of Justin Marks uh, being the first guy with Trackhouse when they first got started, I kind of feel like he hasn't been that bad. You know, he's had a lot of bad luck over these past two years, even though the, the performance was certainly down in 2023. I kind of feel like one more bad year puts him on the hot seat but yeah i mean I, I would if i if i was daniel suarez i would definitely feel the urgency of like okay yeah i need to win because my teammate just went out and won two races in 2023 spanked the field in the championship race where are we at why are we not doing that what's the matter so i would feel the urgency for sure if i was daniel suarez but i don't think this coming year 2024 is a make or break yeah, I uh, I will say that I, I can definitely see other people having this opinion, especially with uh, Shane Van Gisbergen coming into the fold. He's going to be doing some stuff in the Trackhouse 91 car. I know he's trying to get in some truck series races. So I can definitely see where that would be on people's minds and people could see that. I think I've myself have said that that could be an easy filler uh, if this does happen. However, we don't know until we know officially but uh, we will keep going out of our way to find out this information as it unfolds. But I uh, just want to say thanks to those to those of you that, that just kind of had an opinion, had a statement, wanted to get those sent in. 
And now we're going to move over to the questions. So to kick off questions, Tommy V4 on Instagram says or asks, is 2024 the year we see Corey LaJoy in victory lane are the playoffs? Dale, I'll let you start that one from the top. No, I don't think so. Um, I just I just don't think we've seen enough. I don't think we've seen enough to indicate that he's close enough to make to to win a race unless it comes in at Atlanta or Daytona, like, which you know you had the you had a close. He was very very close to winning in Atlanta in 2022, I think. And I could be wrong here. Maybe his average finish was a little bit better in 2023. Um, had a few top fives, a couple top fives maybe at, at super speedways. But I don't think I've seen enough. I don't think I've seen enough to indicate that there's a legitimate shot for him to win a race and get into the playoffs. Now, any anything can happen at the super speedways. You can put your money in the bank on either of those, any of those six races from Daytona to Atlanta to Talladega. I just don't see it happening. I, I don't think he's been close enough in that number seven car, but Spire continues to grow and gain momentum. So maybe they have better cars. Um, it's possible, but I don't think his chances are any better than they were this past year. So I'm going to say no, the win nor the playoffs uh, happen in 2024 for Corey LaJoy. I think I think it's fair to say, based off of what we know, I did look up some statistics for Corey in 2023. Two top five finishes, three top tens, uh, average finish of 20.78. Uh, no DNFs for Corey LaJoy. I mean, that's that's pretty good. You know, that's a big that's a big goose egg for DNFs. Uh, highest finish fourth, lowest finish 33rd. And he led a total of 66 laps in 2023. So, uh, you know, get, get you got to give Corey, you know, a little bit of credit there, you know, especially for the team, what he's working with. You know, he's a big player when it comes to, uh, you know, the, the 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 Winston Cup era driver lower on the pole, trying to build his way up in a series. He still has kind of that mentality about him. He's got that action when it comes to him building up and moving and this car helps him this car does help him a ton i will say that much about it we have seen what he's able to do and i agree with you dale if if the wind does come we're looking at super speedway and he'll have a great shot to do that in 2024 with the series going from daytona straight to atlanta so we'll be on the lookout for it but as of right now you know, on the fence, only super speedways is where I could say that he would probably be able to get that done. Would love to see Corey be able to get a win, though, uh, somewhere other than a super speedway. And we have we have seen him run a little bit better. I know he he had some decent runs, but it's just keeping up with him in the long term. He's definitely one of those guys. He's got to, you know, hope for cautions in certain situations for him to actually like hold the position that he's in. But uh, thanks for that question. Uh, Tommy V4. Let's go ahead and move over to Nikki Bet Fit. Nikki Beth Fit on Instagram asks, "Who are we betting on as the champ for 2024? 
I think you and I uh, answered, or we we discussed this on the last episode that we did, Dale. And if I had to go ahead and make my guess right now, I'm probably going to look in the direction of um, William Byron or uh, possibly probably going back on Chastain again. I'm probably going to do exactly what I did in 2023. I'm going to look right at William Byron and Ross Chastain. One of those two guys. Uh, I feel like that time is coming. So that that would be my two picks. What about you? Do we do we have odds out odds out anywhere? I, I want to say that Caesars is probably up. Um, I can get it pulled up really fast so we can look at that. Ooh, okay, me, we do. We do. We do actually. Okay. Okay. So at- what are my what are my two? Uh, what are the odds on Chastain and Byron as as of right now? Byron is. Co-favorite at five and a half to one, and Chastain is sixteen to one. Mm, I like that one. All right, so there you have it. What about you, man? I don't know. Um, hadn't even thought about it. Really, it's. I'm gonna say Kyle Busch. I'm gonna say Kyle Busch fourteen Whoa. to one because in the first year with RCR, I was kind of not skeptical. But definitely didn't think they would accomplish what they did as quick as they did. Second race, they go out and get a win. They add a few, a couple more. They won. I think they won three races, and that was it. They kind of fell off towards the end of the season. If they make their short track package better and they eliminate the DNFs that they had, they could get to Phoenix. So I, I think Kyle Busch is a guy I'm looking out for that – in the second year with RCR, building the camaraderie with this, with that entire team, making that organization better. Maybe maybe Kyle Busch would be – because I just got to think, what did he make? He made the round of 12 this year, and I think uh, he got – I think he, that was it. So I yeah. think – I, I got a bank that Kyle Busch is going to make it further into the playoffs in 2024 than just the round of 12. Kyle Busch is better than that. He's a Hall of Famer. I think from a betting perspective, especially, I like I like that 14 to 1. Okay. Well, there you have it right there. Nikki, thanks so much for asking your question. Uh, let's go on now to Chevy 0803. Asked, do you think bringing back points for leading laps would make for even better racing? Dale, you you take this one. I mean, yes, maybe, but I don't think it fits with the current point format where we have where we give out all these points anyway for stages, right? Like you're combating that idea by not leading laps, but leading all the way up till you get to these breaks, these stage breaks. So I don't know. It's a, the leading laps thing is honestly, it is pretty primitive. We haven't had that in, I don't know how many years, I guess it's been 10 years, 11 years since we've had drivers earning points, five bonus points for leading a lap. And then I guess five more for leading the most laps. I can't remember the last time we had that. If it wasn't 2013, maybe. I'm not going to dig into that, but I would say no. I, I think the stages have given enough urgency for drivers to race up to the front anyway that it's not a necessary add for 
for another point incentive. I think the point incentives with this format, there's plenty of them. Now, if you didn't have stages, sure. You know, if you didn't have the stages in this playoff format, yeah, I mean, it, it, it would be it, it would be worth something. But I think there's enough point incentives with the way stages are structured now that it would just be it would just be piling on, I think, a little too much. Yeah, I uh, I will say that I'm pretty indifferent on that. Um, I know that it's great, you know, when you're playing DFS, you still get those points. I think a lot. I think this question probably kind of hurls from the the growth of the the Winston Cup point standings. Um, uh, the Twitter account that's out that that shows off, you know, like where things would be in past champions if if the Winston Cup points would have stayed. Um. For me personally, I'm with you in the terms of the stages. Like everything's set up the way that it needs to be set up. Um, so, yeah, like you just gotta enjoy it for what it is. I know that a lot of people will start looking into change once things stay uh, a certain way for a while. But uh, you know, it's just it works. I'll leave it at that. Appreciate you asking your question, Chevy. Uh, we have official. Mr. Amirzella, I believe, uh, he asks, was this Joey Logano's worst season? Uh, I did a little bit of digging on this one to see if we could figure this out statistically. And no, this was not Joey Logano's worst season, even though it may have seemed. Uh, he had 11 top fives, 17 top tens, 21 top 15s, uh, 25 top 20s. So, and he had one win. Uh, I think his worst season that's on this record either is going to be the 2017 season or I would say the 2000 and uh, maybe 11 season. One of those two would probably be his worst. So, yeah, statistically speaking, no, was not. It did seem like it, though. The one win he did have was the Atlanta race earlier this year. That was a Payne City race. Uh, shout out to Brad Kozlowski for almost doing that. You remember that time? Yeah, well, here's the thing. This is what's so funny. This is where you could make an argument about a bad argument about the playoffs. In 2022, Joey Logano won the title, and he had 11 top fives and 17 top tens. In 2023, Joey Logano <laughs> did not even get past the round of 16, and he had 11 top fives and 17 top tens. So, no, it wasn't. He just didn't get the wins. And it's that championship hangover that I talk about every single year. Every single year, you're going to have a championship hangover. It is so rock solid. Over the past 15 to 20 years, not 20, I guess, because of Jimmy Johnson, but anybody besides Jimmy Johnson in those late 2000s, they all get a championship hangover every single year. And from a perspective of winning, which is what the difference was for Joey, absolutely. The consistency was there, but the, they just did not have winning speed all year long. They did not have winning speed. But yeah, like Chase said, at 2017, was a bad year. I remember in 2017 they had won at Richmond and then they got disqualified or or uh 
failed post-race inspection, and then their year completely fell apart that year. They were so bad after they got DQ'd at Richmond. Or I think back then they weren't DQing. I think they were just giving you like an L2 or whatever penalty, and you still got to keep your win. And then the Home Depot days when he took over for Tony Stewart were even worse than that. So not as worse year ever, but I mean, tip not even as for the standards of, of the standards of what it took to win a championship. He was right on par, except missing three wins. So you uh you talked about Joey Logano in the Home Depot car. Did you did you ever know that Joey Logano was a Tony Stewart fan and like was just this humongous Tony Stewart fan? And the moment that he got to meet him. He was just a complete ass to him. Wouldn't wouldn't sign anything for him. Wouldn't like acknowledge him at all. Then he ends up coming into the NASCAR Cup Series. He takes his car, and then they end up just having a feud battle throughout the history of their time together in the series. Isn't that like a wild story? Yeah, I couldn't. I just could not imagine. I could not imagine hating my idol, but shit. You go up, I mean, now you're going up against them. And I mean, that's not, it's not, you're not supposed to like them. You're not supposed to like them very much when you're going head to head against them, especially back then when Tony was uh, just fucking fierce, started his own team after leaving Joe Gibbs, chip on his shoulder. Yeah, that was a, that was a tough time to get into the sport and, and earn respect, I feel like. It took a few years for Joey to earn it too, not just from Tony, but from everybody. So, and you see a young Joey Logano in the stands, and like Tony's just already developing this subconscious belief of how punchable his face was. Like he's just like that guy is fucking just knocking, you know, terrible. I think it's hilarious though. Just straight up took his car. That's where the feud began. Thanks for your question. Uh, Next one we have comes from Yeehaw underscore strength. What do we think about Noah Gragson coming to SHR? Uh, I think it's great. I think that it's going to be uh, a dream team as far as uh, as far as content goes. Uh, Chase Briscoe, Ryan Priest, Josh Berry, and Noah, which, by the way, should be getting an official announcement with Noah Gragson with the news, I'd put a tweet out uh, like a month ago that uh, that this was probably going to be the case. So I uh, have heard reports that the announcement should be coming uh, sometime in 2023. So not much time left in this year. News should be dropping. But yeah, I'm excited about the move. I think it'll be great. Um, it'll be it'll be different. It'll be an adjustment. Now I guess it really just comes down to who do we see on the car? And I think that there's good potential for Bass Pro to be coming to SHR, especially with Josh Berry in the building, as well as Noah. Uh, so, and Tony's obviously somebody that is uh, really tight with that organization. So, should be cool to see. How you feeling? Yeah, no, I I think it's a good fit. Braxton has that has that personality that resembles a a Tony Stewart type of guy in his young days, a Kevin Harvick type of type of guy throughout most of his career. So I think it's a good fit and it's a, it's an, it's another opportunity to capture some talent for SHR after Harvick and Al Marola are are retired now and hit, hit the curve. So yeah, to add in with 
Priest, Josh Berry, Chase Briscoe. It could be a good driver lineup, and I'm excited to see that announcement soon because I myself is wondering. The big thing is is who are the partners going to be. So I'm excited for that if if it is true, and hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll get something here soon before at least before the end of the year. I feel like we've been sitting on this for a while, so I'm excited if he if if it is true that he is getting that opportunity to take over the ten car. Yep, absolutely. We appreciate the question. Uh, moving to our next person, uh, Re Reprost. I believe it is Re Gpiot. The usernames are crazy these days. Uh, Re Gpiot says, "How do you think Chase bounces back next year?" Now, this could this could be about like multiple chases. I mean, this could be Briscoe. This could be Elliot. I'm going to assume you're asking about Chase Elliott. Um, but you know, might might as well say Briscoe as well. I think that uh I think we'll, we'll let you take this one. How do you think Chase bounces back in 2024? Elliot, and then if you want to get one for Briscoe, go for it. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely talking about Elliot. Um, I think I said somewhere along the way over the past few weeks that I think that Chase Elliott is going to be one of my top picks to win the Daytona 500. So if you want to bounce back, that's the best way to bounce back because it is something that's missing from his resume, um, which he's still got plenty of time to get that done. But when you talk about this year with the suspension and the injuries, and he just had another surgery to get his shoulder healed up, uh, it seems like he wasn't 100%. Um, now it seems like in 2024, he's going to be good to go fully healed and he's going to race the full season. That's the big thing, right? Like he, if he had raced the full season in 2023, he probably makes the playoffs on points. And you got to think that possibly he gets a win so, somewhere in between all those races that he had missed. But at the, at the least he makes it into the playoffs based upon points. And the nine team was still good enough that they made it into the top eight in the constructors point constructors point championship that we talked about earlier. Um, so are the owners, whatever it's called, the owners points championship. So the team is still fun. This team is still capable of running well. And as long as chase is healthy, that's your bounce back right there. And I mean, shit, I have a feeling that he's going to win the Daytona 500. If that happens, bounce back is in full effect in February. So now I think all in all, as long as he races the full season and is a hundred percent healthy, you're going to see a bounce back. You're going to see a few wins and you're going to see him get back into championship form. Yeah. I, uh, I, I will just say this much. There's no way he goes winless two years in a row. Won't happen. I uh, think he'll be fine. Uh, appreciate your question uh re geist uh now moving one uh that has a little bit better readability dale.junior.motorsports asks what are the chances we see zane smith or carson hosevar getting their first win uh i'm gonna just be straight up slim to none slim to none uh, it's it's very rare that a rookie gets a win in their first season of the nascar cup series we've i mean honestly i think the only time i've seen it with my regular watching year to year has been austin cendrick at the daytona 500 
super speedways are kind of subject um, to the rules. So uh, it would be a long shot, uh, but I, I don't see either of those guys getting a win in 2024. Um, slim possibility with the win possibly coming uh, at somewhere like Daytona or Talladega. But even then, I just I don't see it. How about you, Dale? Yeah, I, I agree. Same concept. I agree with the rookies. It, it's harder than ever as a rookie to win in the Cup Series, it seems like. What you can say is that both of these guys got some very valuable experience behind a Cup Series race car in 2023 and had their moments where they, where they performed okay. But I, I think it's just, first of all, it's basically two new operations that are coming into the cup series through track house spire two new race teams or operations um and it's the fact that they are rookies in this series so yeah i think you got to go with slim to none but yeah austin cendrick same thing in 2021 even though it wasn't the gen 7 at that point and 2021 austin cendrick got a few starts in that number 33 extra car for team Pinsky at a few road courses and maybe he'd run he had run a Daytona 500 and, and run a couple other races and then he comes out wins a race and he hasn't won a race since so um I don't know I'm excited to see them though I'm excited to see two two guys jump straight from the truck series that uh have been winners championship contenders and typically, when you carry that pedigree into the Cup Series, you break through um, early on in your career. So it's not a guarantee. It's not a lock. And it's certainly a long shot that they get it done in their first year. But, hey, who knows? I like the aggression of Carson Hosevar to a certain degree. We saw the worst of it in the truck championship. But we saw a lot of good moments because of his aggression, too, when it comes to uh, having a breakout year and winning races in that series and maybe that aggression could point him forward if he can maintain it properly into winning a cup race in his first year i like this could be a controversial opinion i actually like hosevar to get his first win before zane that's kind of where i'm at there but yeah i would be surprised if it happened in 2024 for either one of them that's well said stuff right there. Look, we appreciate everybody for asking those questions. That was over on Instagram. Uh, if you don't have us on Instagram uh, and you didn't know that you were living under a rock, you can follow us uh, at Garage Guys F or at Garage Guys Racing is our uh, the collective handle for the podcast, and uh, at Garage Guy Chase at Dale Tanhart for our personal accounts. But uh, big thanks to everybody that that answered those or, or had something to say. Uh, in the stories of those accounts. Uh, moving on now, we, we got a few voicemails. I'm just going to play these out. We're going to get to know who this is calling once we listen. And this is our first time listening to the calls. We're playing call roulette. I have no idea what could be said here, but uh, big thanks to the, the few guys and girls that are guys are girls, not sure, that did call in. Uh, let's kick it off with this first call, and we will see what is said. What's up? I heard that these voicemails are going to be live on the Garage Guys NASCAR podcast. This is Casey Raysom, a.k.a. Hunter from Arkansas, frequent caller on the report, my first-time caller on the Garage Guys podcast. Y'all are asking about some of our favorite moments, 
talking about 2023 NASCAR. I just want – I got a question for y'all before we start. What's y'all's, like, bold prediction for 2024 NASCAR? I mean, my favorite moments from 2023, I have two. One was being able to go to Gateway, meet y'all guys, got to do the interview, which we need to figure out. We got to find a way to fucking release that interview. And my second favorite moment from this year where I made my playback Dick TV debut with Chase and Greg Mathurin on a, for Kansas Truck Series playback debut. My boy Francois got that W at Kansas Speedway. Probably one of my favorite moments of the year. Other than that, it was probably going to Gateway, seeing y'all guys hanging out, having a fun time there, which we will be, I will be back for 2024 at Gateway. Hope y'all are too. Once again, thanks for letting me call the podcast. This is Casey Raysom signing off. Okay. Yeah, that, that was That's Casey cool. Raysom. That that was Casey, the Casey Raysom, forever and always Mr. July from the uh, Garage Guys Report. Great kid. So do you remember when we were at uh, Worldwide Technology Raceway? Yeah. And we met him. Do you remember meeting this fella? He was the watermelon man. He had the he's the, the big guy, yeah. watermelon yeah. man flag. Yep. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I know he's he's developed into a, quite a character in the Garage Guys community. So I appreciate the hell out of that question. That was some good uh, good moments. And I'm I'm thinking about the bold prediction. I already know what my bold prediction is going to be. Um, I guess I'll start with favorite moment though of the year. Oh man, it's either. It's got to be either Ricky Stenhouse winning the Daytona 500, which is just easy because we were there. We had just hung out with him at the Rolex. Uh, or the Blaney Talladega one was really cool too. But yeah, I feel like we're going to say the same one. But it, my favorite moment of the year was definitely Ricky Stenhouse winning the Daytona 500 for sure. Yeah, I agree. I actually did a uh, a Twitter question. I put that out uh, to everybody. And got some really good feedback. Got a lot of great replies uh, over on uh, X or Twitter, as I used to, as I still call it, from time to time. Um, but yeah, the Ricky Stenhouse Daytona 500 win. I mean, it's just good to see Ricky get it done. He's been doing this for a long, long time, and uh, been one of the uh, the Super Speedway guys. He had had a win in the summertime in Daytona. Now he was able to get it done for the 500. Uh, and there, there's a ton. I'm gonna have to roll through some of these. Uh, one day soon and just to kind of go through these photos and, and look at some of these moments because there are some insane moments some that I forgot about some that I remembered but big thanks to everybody that did uh comment their uh their photos as far as bold predictions go though um I think that that's that's kind of what I wanted to, to tap into I'm going to go ahead and say that Josh Berry uh has two or more wins in the 2024 nascar cup series season that's going to be my bold prediction for the 2024 season how about you interesting Stuart Haas. i think um so my bold prediction is similar actually my bold prediction is that eric jones wins multiple races in 2024 i really i feel really really strong about legacy motor club's transition to toyota Eric Jones has been there for several years now, it feels like. I think Eric Jones, who's been hanging in there, got that one win in 2022, didn't 
have the success in 23. They make the move to Toyota. They're going to have better race cars. And the veteran that Eric Jones is, multi-time winner in the Cup Series, he's won some big races. I think Eric Jones finds victory lane again, and not just once, but at least twice in 2024. Watch out for Legacy Motor Club. Okay. Well, there you have it. Hopefully that answers your question. Casey Raysom, forever and always, Mr. July. Thanks so much for calling. Appreciate all you do and uh, all the, the great informative calls. Also a very big IndyCar guy. A lot of IndyCar knowledge with Casey Raysom. He loves his IndyCar. So big shout out to him. Uh, let's go to the next voicemail and uh, let's see what we have here. What's up, Garage guys? This is John of Arca calling in from Atlanta. And this is not an opinion on the last weekend, just a general NASCAR opinion. Uh, and my opinion is I hate how people are asking to make the next gen car have worse brakes and to make the tires narrower and have more fall off. I just think that we should be adding horsepower. Uh, because I just don't think the cars should be already slower than they already are. Because they're already noticeably slower than the past three generations of cup car with their uh, less powerful engine. So I just hate that people think that they should be made worse instead of the solution being just raise the horsepower in the car. All right. Good. That was John of Arca. John of Arca. John of Arca. Thank you for calling. That. Yeah, I um... – I don't know. I think that there's a good sign of changes to come that could make the car better with a test session that Bob Proctor's tweeted on Tuesday of this week. A test session at, at Phoenix, December 5th to December 6th. They're going to test various underbody pieces and a transaxle that could eliminate shifting, which I think is a big, a big key. Uh, the drivers that are testing are Larson, LaJoy, Blaney, Busher, Bell, and Eric Jones. So that's a good step in the right direction for me. Like I hate the diffuser. I think the I think the way this car was built, the problem of dirty air makes the racing ten times worse than it could should be, regardless of horsepower, regardless of these other issues. But I agree. I think everybody wants horsepower. I think everybody except NASCAR and based upon what they say, the manufacturers, I think everybody wants horsepower. So I'll never disagree with that. I, I don't think you make the car worse by adding horsepower. No question in my mind. You make the car better. You make the racing better when you add horsepower. But to get there, Let's start with eliminating shifting. Let's start with playing with the underbody. That is just an absolute piece of shit, in my opinion, just to be qu quite frank with it. And then maybe we get to the opportunity to say, all right, let's reevaluate with the OEMs and say, this car needs horsepower. Because if these changes don't work and they don't make the racing better, you're going to back NASCAR into a corner where they will say, okay, we've got to add horsepower. I think that is a possible outcome in this situation. But I think it's got to start with these other steps before we get there because NASCAR is more reluctant to make a horsepower shift right out of the gate, and they've said that. But they haven't ruled it out. 
So I, I like I like the idea or I like where we're going with the change, the potential changes that are being made in the offseason to see if it makes the car better. And then we can talk horsepower, hopefully in the future. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to just leave it at that right there with, you know, it's good that we're making changes. Um, you know, you and I talked about uh, Kevin Harvick after the race when he was saying, you know, we got to do more things to get more eyes on the sport. We got to do more to make things uh, more competitive. I feel like there's more and more people that are getting ready to speak up and these changes that we're all wanting to see. I feel like, you know, a few more years are going to go by. They're going to work these tweaks out. They're going to make this this Gen 7 car as best as it possibly can be. It's like I've been saying for the last two years. It's like whenever a new iPhone comes out, it's going to take some time to get things balanced and right. But this is a car. It's not a phone. So it's going to take a little more time than it would normally take for anything else. Um, personally, like I said, it's just the the new people that are coming into the sport, they don't know any different. They don't know any different. They're, they're, they're just watching racing or what they think it is. They don't know how it could be better or how it could be worse because it, it just is what it is. But for the people that are longtime NASCAR fans, that have been fans of this sport, that have seen other vehicles, other cars, other generations be able to put on different types of shows, I can definitely say, see where you're coming from. But the horsepower thing really kind of being the, the big one is where I feel like we're going to see a lot more success. And I think that we will get there. So it's just, you, you got to let things play out and let them take time, but uh, do appreciate you calling John of Arca. Nice little play on Joan of Arc there. Uh, very cool. Uh, next voicemail. And then we have one more after this one. Uh, let's play this. Hi, this is Brett Maury from uh, Chicago, Illinois. Uh, long time listener, first time caller, but uh just a question for you guys. Uh, what do you think it would take to bring back the old, you know, the old style of NASCAR racing where you had the Tony Stewart's, the Matt Kenseth's, Jeff Gordon's, you know, that type of racing? What would it take to get back to that? Uh, you know, looking forward to your answer. Uh, keep up the good work, boys. I'll just say a time machine. A time machine. That's what it would take to get back there, Brett. Appreciate you calling. But, uh, yeah, a time machine. What, what, what do you think, Dale? Yeah, I agree. We'll never we'll never get those days back. We'll never get an exact replica of of those days and I think the big thing that we miss today and it's I'm glad it's become a conversation where Jeff Gordon said something, Denny Hamlin said something, two opposite sides of the spectrum. But when you talk about old days of NASCAR, the number one thing that you go to is the names like what, what you just did, Brett, the Tony Stewart, the Matt Kenseth, the Jeff Gordons. It was about the names more because NASCAR and the sponsors that were involved in the sport did such an awesome job of spreading those names and building those personalities, which is exactly what we lack today. And, and, and we could be good at, we absolutely could make happen. And, and make NASCAR a more globally renowned sport once again. But back in the 90s and the 2000s, people that worked inside the sport and worked with the teams and worked with the drivers, they were so colorful on how they presented the drivers to the world, not just to the world of NASCAR, but to everybody. Everybody knew who a lot of these guys were in the United States of America. 
And I think when you think of old NASCAR, outside of the differences in the car and the style of racing with no stages, and you could say whatever about all that, but I think the the big nostalgia factor is the drivers and the paint schemes through the sponsors and everybody that marketed these guys and teams. So I think that is one element that can return if the people involved market our guys, our talent, our superstars, the proper way going forward. But when it comes to the racing itself, you know, it seems like we're all in with the stages and the playoffs and you won't ever get, I don't know if you'll ever get that, that Winston or hell, even that Nextel chase for the cup feel ever again, in at least the style of racing. And, you know, to me, that's, that's okay. That's okay. I think we're at a good spot right now and we're getting better. So uh, thank you for that question. Uh, you know, we love questions like that. And uh, thank you for uh, being a longtime listener, Brett. Yeah, Brett. Uh, just to add to it, to quickly sum, uh, title sponsor will definitely uh, shake things up a bit. Uh, we haven't had one of those in, in quite some time. So a title sponsor would be good. Uh, more risks. Uh, for one, and uh, brandability. Those three things uh, is going to hopefully cause that shift. It's uh, th That's what I kind of stick to. The, the risk and brandability being the big two. Uh, the more of that that's done, the better. I don't know if you saw Ryan Blaney's body armor commercial or not, but it was yeah, fantastic. Yeah, great, dude. Great. Yeah, it was a fantastic way to show things off. That's exactly what we need more of in the sport. So more of that will lead to a trickle-down effect, uh, hopefully, and just getting the right people that are passionate um, and not making it so much about the numbers at the end of the day will turn into massive amounts of success. I do believe in that. Uh, last voicemail that we've got, we're going to run this one. Hello, my name is Alan. I'm from Georgia, and my opinion on this past season, I saw y'all's Instagram post, my, but my opinion on this past season, I'm thinking that... Got, got a little stage right there from Alan. Um, Alan, it appears Alan hung up the phone. We'll get Alan, you next time, Alan. We'll get you next time. Mm -hmm. We appreciate you for, for trying, Alan. We do. Um, you know, I, I think that it was good that you called and, and that you did have an opinion that was formed um, somewhere. So, yeah, thanks for that. Uh, I will say that much. Um, yeah. <laughs> Is that the last one? Is that how? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Damn. Well, mm -hmm. those are fun. I Look, I do want to say, uh, give my shout out and my just overall uh condolences to the family and friends of ken squire who passed away last week and just everybody should know about ken squire if you're if you're a racing not just a nascar fan but a racing fan uh thank goodness nascar classics has presented all these different races you can watch from the 70s the 80s and the 90s you can learn more about ken squire i think the greatest play-by-play -play broadcaster in the history of nascar and the history of racing and just meant so much to the sport 
just was such an incredible personality and supporter of stock car racing. And I just had to give a, had to give a little bit of a message regarding his passing, which has been, as I said, it's been a few days now and just, just a fucking legend, a legend who was so passionate about the sport, so passionate about presenting it to the common, common man. Um, And and there was nobody that was able to do that better and more effective than Ken Squire and just such an important part of NASCAR's history and a great human being. So rest in peace to one of the goats. I always say that everybody needs to go watch. It's I know it's all about the 1979 Daytona 500, which is one of the greatest events in the history of NASCAR, but throughout all the broadcasts you'll you'll see Ken Squire on, you'll just find more and more uh electricity, gives you a sense of urgency throughout a race that is so natural and genuine and, and just just an incredible uh, an incredible show just can't think of the right word there an incredible personality for the sport throughout his all of his contributions and someone that uh i will deeply deeply miss as i've studied nascar history and seen how good of of a character he was for the sport that has grown into what it is today it wouldn't be here without ken squire absolutely r.i.p ken squire um that is uh th- this has been a show though this has been the garage guys fan appreciation show and we appreciate everybody for listening for watching for following anything that we do uh at the garage guys nascar podcast so uh, on behalf of, of of all of us you know all two of us just want to say thanks and um and from there we will move forward uh going to have a should have another episode coming next week that Dale and I are working on should be kind of special, kind of fun, um, either next week or the week after, but we're going to be still kind of working to put some things together for you guys as the time goes on. But feel free to continue asking questions. Uh, call on the hotline. I check those voicemails once a week. You can either hear them played uh, on the report, usually is where they'll be played, and we do some live video call-ins as well on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern time. So, again, thanks. This has been a show, the Garage Guys NASCAR podcast. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure that you check out the new Garage Guys YouTube channel. Make sure you watch everything going down over there. Just stay involved. Stay focused. NASCAR to the top. And that's where I leave you. Ta-ta.